0: Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. My name is Amber Kluwer, and i live with type 1 diabetes for almost four decades and enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. Today's guest, Azure Wolf, is truly a beacon of light. We connected a few years ago while attending a Beyond Type 1 meetup and quickly realized parts of our type 1 journey were very similar, especially now that we're in our 40s. But before we dive in, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit organization. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy, just click the donate link in the show notes. Number two, my affiliate and resources page feature reputable brands and services that make life with diabetes a more pleasant one. You can find all the deals at diabetesdailygrind.com. Number three, I recently launched the diabetes way a website dedicated to people living with and touched by this disease you should check it out at thediabetesway.com. and finally stay engaged love like share and comment on all things social media sign up for the e-newsletter leave an itunes review subscribe to my youtube channel and click on the amazon banner on the website before ordering it doesn't cost you a thing and there's a little change my way all right let's get started welcome azure to the real life diabetes podcast. We've been trying to connect to do this for quite some time. And I want to start by saying that we met because we both attended, gosh, how many years ago is this? Four years ago? Yes. Four years. Arizona. We went to Arizona with Scottsdale, right? Yes. To participate in one of the first Beyond Type 1 meetups. And that's where I met you. And I've got to know Lauren Bongiorno and Paloma. It was just a great, great gathering. And we both found out quickly in being there, that we were the two that had lived the longest in that crowd with type one diabetes. And so it was like instant hugs, you you know, (laughs) you've walked the same walk that I have for the same amount of time briefly. And so tell me a little bit about your diagnosis story. Yeah. So
1: I was five years old and I had gone to Disney World with my siblings and my dad. He lived in another state from us. And during that, while we were there, I wasn't well, like I kept not feeling well. And I remember going into the bathroom and not being able to control my bladder and I peed all over the ground and I came out and it started raining and I sat there, um, with my dad and I was glad it was wet because no one could tell that he had <laughs> my pants. Right? <laughs> right. And my dad, the only way he knew how to fix things was to give us more sugar. Oh. So I, he kept giving me more sugar thinking I was going to feel better and be happier. And then when I, we came home, I flew home with my siblings, and I got off the plane. My mom said she saw me and her heart dropped. Yeah. She said my belly was extended. I had purple under my eyes yeah. and She actually took me to the doctor and they said, she's fine. Take her home. And my mom said, no, they said she may have the flu. Just she said, no, there's something else going on here. Just her intuition was like, no. And she took me to the hospital and in the ER and ended up being there almost two weeks. I was immediately diagnosed and even my, my, I, my, I was about to start kindergarten and all my friends in kindergarten sent me these. I still have the cards they sent me. They made all these cards for me and my hair felt, started falling out. I was pretty sickly. What year was this? What year? year? 1980. Okay, I was 1984, so I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. right? And it's so interesting cuz I uh, you must experience the same thing. Like no one was a type 1 diabetic? I didn't know anybody. I mean,
0: there yeah. was I never heard the word diabetes at that point. Yeah. No. Um, and it was, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, and my Girl Scout troop, I got to say with the cards things cuz I still have them. My Girl Scout troop all sent me get well cards and, you know, it was just like and I still read those and cry. I'm like, that was so sweet. And how odd it would be as a kindergartner to have to write to you like I'm sorry, you're sick. Or, you know, how did they even wrap their mind around what diabetes was? And so with your diagnosis, what did you think? I mean, death sentence? Or were you like, okay, what do we do
1: next? You know, I literally, I didn't understand. And I just knew I had to stick needles in me. And, you know, now that I'm older, I can remember thinking I have to be a grown-up now. Yeah. So I think at five years old, I was like, I'm no longer a kid. So yeah. I went through that. And I think that's probably like, as, as years went on, just to briefly say, I ebbed and flowed with rebellion because I was like, I want to be a kid and not do this. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I have to be a responsible adult, you know? So anyway, as I got, as I got older, I did ebb and flow with taking care of myself because my mom, you know, worked three jobs. She was trying to take care of four kids. And so I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about my diabetes here and there and, and did all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just out of curiosity, because I, I think all of us, especially that sort I mean, made it through, or were diagnosed at such a young age and went through the, the hormones, the teenage years, the college years, If should you have gone to college? So what do you think was your roughest time span?
1: Oof. I would say, because I went through puberty pretty young, like 10, mm-hmm. 11, and I, I was having pretty extensive seizures at that time. And they didn't really indicate whether it was pure diabetes or what, but I went through this period of time of a lot of anger because I was having so many seizures. So I didn't really have control of my body. And so probably 11 to 15 was a really challenging time between hormones and all kids running wild and you have to be responsible for things. And on that note, I feel like even now it's stressful for kids to have devices because they're acutely aware and everyone's on top of them all the time
0: versus back when we were, it was like, everyone's like, well, well, I don't know, just do what you're (laughs) going to (laughs) do. I would go and play in the Creek. literally. Oh, yeah, I mean, for like eight hours. And like, I didn't take low blood sugar snacks. We just had to be oh. home by sunset. You know what I mean? You and I lived a similar life. Same
1: thing. My mom sent us to the to river. We did a rope swing. We had a treehouse. Yes. I didn't have food
0: with me. Yeah, How are we alive? I mean, it's a miracle. And, <laughs> and I don't know. And I feel, I don't feel bad for the kids today because I think that their lives will be better quality, okay. maybe long term. Yeah. But I do understand with being overstimulized with all the information that you're getting and I mean, there's beeping all the time, so it's kind of like a bittersweet, I guess. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I think that's what prompted me to do so
1: much work with diabetics in that I think more about the nervous system than I do blood sugar. I think more about bringing calm and ease and learning practices that can help us to just respond instead of react and do things that can really bring that softness Versus, uh, 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 you know, yeah, totally calm.
0: Yeah, I have to say because I know that I'm speaking to someone that can understand something like this. Is like I had a really big retinopathy scare years ago, and it was not necessarily because of diabetes. And we realized this later; it was because of high blood pressure that was related to. And I was so stressed out, I was running it on. There's so many factors there. So when I learned how to meditate and how to calm things down, retinopathy disappeared. Oh, isn't that And it's just so, I mean, you can't, I mean, that's not medical advice to anyone, but there were other contributing factors. And of course, the first thing I think of is diabetes and granted that was definitely a part of it, but it just taking a different approach and we get, I get so anxiety ridden and stressed out about diabetes at times and just remembering this is just a moment, you know, breathe through it or whatever. So when you go through or when you teach other people or work with other people living with diabetes, when they get into that stress state, what advice do you give?
1: You know, I do give different things like even seeing their meters and learning to see it as just an awareness, learning that, you know, taking some drama out of the diabetes. And I posted about this the other day because it was like, when you make it less dramatic, it feels less dramatic. And I am in no means saying, Ooh, you know, are there yeah. those times? Cause obviously there, there is, but the less we can be reactive. And then you start to channel yourself in the, in the way of, Oh, this is just one of those instances I have to take care of. And I, I've yeah. said it to many of them, many diabetics that I think about treating my blood sugar or a low, like brushing my teeth. It's just something I do for my wellness. I yeah. do yoga for my wellness. I meditate for my wellness. Wellness, you know, I respond to my blood sugar as part of my wellness, and it just tones things down. And also, having community, whether it be here, family. I used to kind of work, and do more guidance with with diabetics, but now I just answer DMs just for yeah. to be a support system. Yeah. And so, some of them will just send me. I need to send you a voice message because I'm having a hard day. And for them, verbalizing has mm-hmm. it come out of the body. Yeah. You know, it's just a great yeah. way to not have it stay stuck in the body because I do like energy work. And when I I try to help people to
0: not keep it in here because yeah. it will bring more it's festering. You know, it's bringing mess. on yeah, all the negative things since we've had diabetes for decades. I started on NPH and regular, the glucometer was, oh, it, I started with peeing on a stick and then it turned into this glucometer that was the size of an Atari and i never took it anywhere i think i just did it like four times a day. whatever so similar story for you
1: oh yeah uh, even when i was started climbing mountains and stuff i'd be like oh i didn't I haven't tested today i'll i'll test when i get back <laughs> literally it was like oh have i tested this week i <laughs> oh not- i was so that person yeah i'm and i again i'm like we either have angels or or, or <laughs> maybe because of the unawareness we were so more in tune
0: of, oh, I'm really getting low right now. I have to eat. No, oh, was, I definitely, yeah, I could feel it. yeah, Did yeah. You feel, So you felt your lows. Do you still feel them?
1: Yes. If I go, if I'm in low blood sugar a lot, my body becomes less responsive to them.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah. So I become hypo unaware. And that only happens like if I'm on long, long um distance trips with my mountain biking and stuff, yeah. but I feel uncomfortable when I start getting high. like I, My body oh, yeah. starts to... So, I think there is something to be said about being in tune with your body and it's invaluable to have a Dexcom and I will say without my Dexcom, I do feel, I'm like, Oh, this is challenging,
0: Yeah, Um, but our body's a good cue. That's so, I mean, I mean, Dexcom's not painless to say this, but like literally changed my life and my diabetes management. And I it would have, and I, not, I don't even would have, could have, should have, but I think about times in my life where I did something that just made me feel uncomfortable and made somebody else feel uncomfortable. If I would have had an alarm that was going off, that could have been prevented. And so it's just, it can save you a lot of struggles, hopefully. Yeah. I think that was why my first indicate, one
1: of my first indicators to be more aware of my sugars was. I thought, you know, I go with people on trips and hikes yeah. that country and country. I'm like, it's not responsible for yeah. me to do that to them. Yeah. That's, you know, it <laughs> yeah.
0: really, sucks. some days that you realize that a lot. Yeah. Okay. So you are very, very active and with your diabetes management, what devices, if you might, don't mind sharing, are you currently using?
1: So I'm actually on the pen right now okay. because I was, I was having some challenges getting my insurance, like there was some miscommunication oh, between yeah. the deliveries and all that. And I was like, I can't have this happen this often. I need a backup plan. And I travel yep. internationally a lot. So I'm on pens to really fine tune kind of yeah. that. But and then I have the DEXCOM. Normally I'm on the omnipod and it's running, you know, all the time. And yeah. I really do love being on the omnipod. I love the system, but the pens have been very convenient and I've been on them
0: for like five weeks now. And I'm just like, I'm just going to keep going for now. and see. What well, it's good. that Like so many people don't have a backup plan. So you're not only have it, you can, you're, I'm not going to say excelling with your diabetes, but you're living a comfortable life with it. Yeah. So yeah, I've been on MDI therapy. I've never done a pump ever and I'm considering one right now. And so, uh, and then there's a lot of exciting things out there. So we'll see how it all goes down. So it's nice To know that you've had a pleasant experience with Omnipod. Yeah. And I will say for for whatever you choose, whatever Mm -hmm.
1: insulin method you choose, I feel like having an indicator of your blood sugar is way more important. Yeah, I know the technology is starting to, you know, starting to interweave with the Dexcom. Mm -hmm. However, still, if you love being on pens, having a Dexcom is kind of the biggest thing in itself. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And as long as there's so many things to that. Okay. So if you don't mind me asking, and this is, I mean, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You're married, correct? Yeah. yeah. And because I'm writing an article right now about how diabetes affects your relationship or, and that can be good and bad. You know, is your partner very supportive? So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your husband and how you guys work together with your diabetes management.
1: Yeah. So a few things he, for a while there, because I've had in my time with him, we've been together for 17 years. I did have one seizure with him and that was in 2011 and he for years was checking my pulse at night. I would feel him check my pulse because he was like, I don't hear her. And so forever he was doing that. He now doesn't do that. Once I got my Dexcom, he was just, he felt more relieved because he hears my phone go off if I'm low. He, when we go hiking, he must have this intuitive sense because he'll be like, "Do you need to? Do you need to look at your blood sugar?" And so he, sure you don't now, share
0: your data with him. He's not on the share. I have not done that. I, I don't know that I could. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> but he is, he does ask and he lets everyone know around us you know she's diabetic so sometimes we have to stop and whatever so he's super supportive for he didn't know if he wanted to marry me because i was diabetic and i actually during the period of time being with him i lost my my right eye the vision in my right eye so it was a, it was a battle for him because he is you know a backcountry skier and all this stuff and he's with this girl And in the mind of a lot of um, humans, the world, they think if you have this disease, you're going to live an unwell life, which is not true. It's just another thing that we have to take into consideration. So he struggled and then he, and then it was just like, I just, we just couldn't, we didn't want to live without each other.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's, that's great to find a partner that, that, yeah, sees the light, I guess at the end of the day with it. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and you can ask me anything. I just open up. <laughs> okay. So one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast specifically now is that we're both similar ages. I think, I mean, I'm in my mid forties, there, thereabouts. I'm 47. Okay. I'm 46. <laughs> okay. Got <laughs> you. <laughs> and something that's never been discussed until recently and never in my medical team was the fact that people living with type 1 diabetes going to menopause a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. They say seven, I think seven to nine years earlier. So I started feeling... I was reading something about menopause and I was like, wait a second. I have... This is all these things are going on in my life. And went to my OBGYN. We talked about it and she was like, well, why do you think you're perimenopausal? And I was like... And I went through everything and she goes, well, okay, yes, we are... It sounds like you're in full-blown menopause. And I can say this, I'm not embarrassed. I have an IUD. So we can't really she was like there's no reason for to check for certain hormones because we it wouldn't be a true reflection of if you're in full on menopause but everything you're describing is 100%. So we're looking at different things and whatever. So tell me because you've been writing about your body changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what what do you got going
1: on? <laughs> yeah, so several things and because I I study the body all the time and I I remember years ago about when I hit 40, 41, I was thinking how, you know, diabetes, we take insulin, which is a hormone. When menopause comes, that's all hormones. Stress is a hormone. Like there, there was all yeah. these things. And I thought there has got to be a shift when we hit menopause. Like there's got to be some things that will be, I'll need to take into consideration when that comes. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to prepare myself in wellness and, and all these things. And about a year and a half during COVID, two years ago, I started noticing like my skin being different. Oh yeah. And then I thought, okay, this is interesting. I think I'm starting to shift. And then my period started to be more interesting. They, I was like clockwork and I have not been on birth control since I, for 17 or 18 years. So this is just me.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, There's yeah, no other thing You, you know, know everything that's going on. This is my right. shit. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> and I, then, you know, as things were progressing, I started noticing... Because if you guys see me on here, I'm just like, I am a happy cat. Like, I don't know. I came from the sun. Like, I am like light and whatever. But I still have emotions. But now they're intensified. When I'm having a moment that's like, ooh, there is something going on here it's more, I have more emotion and maybe it's testosterone, but I will have these moments where I'm, I am angry. Oh yeah. Rage. I am like some, you know, fangs are coming out and I'm just ready to throw punches, but I let myself, I let myself be there. Like, yeah. I'm pissed right now. I need to go for a run, or I need to think about, you know, what what is happening, or just let my body do its thing. Just let myself yeah. be angry. And I'll tell my husband, I'm like, just so you know, Wolf, I'm pissed right now. <laughs> so I'm upset. <laughs> and I think it's just my hormones. He's like, you're not going through menopause. I'm like, I am going through paramenopause. Yeah. Beginning stages, whatever. And so he's more aware of it. And I think that's another thing that with diabetes, menopause is the same. Letting people know. Yeah. I feel shifts going on and expressing it is a really great way to allow yourself to be in these transitions. So I when these things were happening with relation to diabetes, I have more random blood sugar things. Oh, yeah. This morning, I was going for a run. I normally don't even get low. It's like a 30 minute thing. No big deal. But I was normal and went to 234 because I started feeling this surging of rage, Yeah, if, if you will, yes. or this intensity, this uh, power, and it, it was, it was that there was. And okay, I so
0: w- with that, let me just ask really quick: Is with it going up to 234, do you dose? So this
1: is the interesting thing I'm finding. It's like adrenaline sometimes. Where if I have an adrenaline rush when I'm mountain biking and I'm feeling adrenaline, I don't dose for that because it's a false. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, some, like today I dosed and I went to the grocery store and I started plummeting. Yeah. I was like, okay, this has got to be the similar thing. So it's kind of like it, let it ride for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Lit, lit, like you let your emotions ride, let your feelings ride, let the blood sugars ride because it, it really that is what I'm testing out with the pens because it's been much easier than, you know, my pump to go. I'm going to just see what one unit of insulin does here because it's a more quick response for me with the pens. Sure. And it's a quick response where it's like you are going to plummet. And I'm just noticing that the shift in the hormones needs less insulin to counterbalance it. And it is one of those false highs. Have you tried inhaled insulin?
0: I have not. I have not tried inhaled insulin. And the reason I asked that and is because when I was still having periods, I cannot believe I'm saying this on podcast or whatever, my blood sugar would get super high and insulin just didn't work like traditional insulin. I mean, it was weird. I couldn't get it below 250 or whatever. And that's very frustrating. So I called some friends and started inhaled insulin just during the beginning of my period because it was quick to your system and it was in and out. And so it fixed the high and then let your body just kind of go back to normal. So with insulin, it can have... It's my understanding that after interviewing some insulin companies can have a tail of up to six hours. And so if it doesn't react immediately and then you eat a meal later and you dose again, then you're stacking your dosages and Mm -hmm. then you have the hardcore crash later. So not that I'm recommending it, I just, it was something that it was a lot of experimentation and, uh, it worked.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, it's really interesting because, um, Yes. The long standing of the insulin can really get in the way of it being treating the now because you're like trying to treat the 12, 6, yeah. 12 hours, whatever is going on. And I have not tried the inhale, but I like the idea that it's in and out. It's like, this is for the now. And that's it. So I'll talk to my doctor about that when I see her because I, I, it, it's definitely I'm in perimenopause. There's no doubt about it. And yeah. um, even when I, when I started noticing during my periods, every time my period's coming, I need more long-lasting insulin or a yeah. higher grip on my pump. Yeah. And sometimes we forget, and then we're trying to catch up to
0: that, right? <laughs> it's it's always a, uh, I don't want to say a race, but yes, it's always something you've got to be on top of for sure. Well, ever may- changing.
1: Yeah, ever changing, and that's what I think pe- people don't say enough about is, you know, if, if, when you when you're type A, which I am not, I'm like an error. I'm like, oh, when you're type A, for a, a lot of you who, if you listen to this, and you you think that you put all the systems in place so it's going to work out like this, and when it doesn't, yeah, you think it it work fail, you will be failing all the time true, because true. there's so many things that come into play. There's exercise, there's hot or cold, there's climate changes, there's travel, there's, you know, did you have a fight with your spouse? Did you you eat something and it said it was 10 carbs, but it's 20 carbs. There's so many things come in. So to give yourself a little bit of grace and freedom to know that there's so many things out of our control. So
0: yeah, give give yourself, give yourself a break. And two questions in the past, I would say year I've asked every single guest is, One, do you feel like you received proper education? I know that's a tough one when you were diagnosed because you were so young. And do you still feel like your medical team gives you what you need to live with your diabetes in this part of your life?
1: This is so fascinating that you asked this because I do have some things to say about that. And I think it depends on the doctor you go to. Sure. One. And when I was younger and I went to the doctors, I didn't really, wasn't really aware until I got a little bit older and I left doctors and went to a primary physician just to get insulin because they yes. were so disempowering mm-hmm. that it really was discouraging. And years later, I went back and I said, I was well at the time. And I said, you know, if you implemented things like this for your diabetics, you would have maybe a better success rate because it is up to the diabetic. I mean, you can tell yeah. Yeah. diabetics all they want to, and not all of them are going to listen. And that's fine. Nowadays, my doctor generally is like, there's nothing I can do to, better progress what you're doing so you just do, do what you're doing. So so I pretty much run my own show. I do not wait for anyone to tell me how to shift my basals and boluses. Yes. I never have because we live with it. I'm not going to have someone who sees me 30 minutes a year, yeah. literally a year to tell me what I'm going to do with my body. There's so many variables they
0: can't even. Well, and know. we're all diagnosed with the same disease, but our management is I mean like insanely different. I mean I don't need a lot of insulin. And I have other people that are giving like 40 units of a uh, long acting. And I'm just like, what? That, that would yeah. kill me. That's like what i have taken in a week. So it's yeah. just fascinating. And I feel bad for the, well, not bad, but the medical teams I know are doing the best that they can. But there's, we're all individual and we don't get the time we need with them to figure it out. And they don't have the time to know all the
1: nuances in our lives. That's why to empower yourself, to know your body a little bit better and trust that you are the best person to manage your diabetes, you are the best person. So maybe more information for yourself to help yourself along so that when you go in to get tests, you're just like, I'm here as a routine. Yeah, I to catch up with my doctor and hopefully you like them. And
0: you know, <laughs> hopefully they write your <laughs> prescriptions and, right. them and- <laughs> you get everything that you need. And I will say on that too, is I went to the ER recently, like two weeks ago, had a really bad stomach virus and haven't been there in ages. And the only times I've ever been to the ER was diabetes related viruses, like just sickness, never DKA, whatever point being is the nurse, the kind nurse, who was overseeing me and my mom was in the room. She was like, oh, I said, I, I was vomiting. I could not stop vomiting. I said, listen, I have a lot of insulin on board. I'm watching my blood sugar. It's 92, but the arrow's starting to turn down. I have to have some juice or something. And it was just like this chaos. And at the end of the whole situation, I had to get a CT scan. And I'm like, you need to take off your Dexcom. And I was like, if I take off my Dexcom, then we're not going to know that my blood sugar is 76. You know what I mean? Like, And the nurse said with the whole medical team, she said, you are going to better manage your disease than I ever can. So you tell me what you need and we'll do whatever's necessary. I mean, and it was like, wonderful. I mean, I was just like, what? Because normally i I mean, I've heard horror, horror stories about, them making, taking off your insulin pump. And I mean, like anywho, so yeah. good on that nurse. I remember her name yeah. for letting me manage my diabetes and helping me feel better in that horrible experience. Yeah. That's enough. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's like, Anywho, and the next question that I have is, do you have access to healthy food, fresh fruits and vegetables within a two to five mile radius? Absolutely. And my main
1: focus is fruits and vegetables. That's like main source of food. And unfortunately, so many people don't, um, which makes me sad, but I will say, because I grew up very income poor, You can get great nutrient dense fruits and vegetables frozen because that is all their nutrients are frozen in there. So for any of you who hear this and that's your only source, get that and do
0: that. Well, and I'm happy to see because I went to the farmer's market recently. And if, if you're not familiar with SNAP benefits, that is food stamps essentially. And now, you know, the farmer's market, you can, can accept those. So that's amazing. It is here in Oklahoma. I'm not sure that that's a nationwide thing, but. I know a lot of people don't know how to use fresh fruits and vegetables or, you know, things like that. How long is it going to last and stuff, whatever. That's a whole other podcast, but it's nice to see that the world is changing a little bit that you just can't use that on mashed potatoes from a box. Right. I like it's it. terrible, but if you like that, like creating from box,
1: diabetes from the forefront, right? <laughs> creating a diabetic body just by the box. Foods. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate (laughs) enough that my mom, we grew up, she was, we were gardening no matter how small a space we had. She taught me all of that. So I would, I was eating stuff out of the ground with dirt on it from a very young
0: age. So it was instilled in me. I get that 100%. I was lucky to have a grandmother who had two gardens. So yeah. Well, you are such a beacon of light and I'm always. Happy to see your post and all of the, her information will be in the show notes. So you have a couple of Instagram accounts, I think, (laughs) which I love because they're, I mean, whatever. And tell everybody, what do you, what exactly do you do? Are you a wellness coach or how? I, you know, I, I am a yoga teacher
1: and I teach restorative and, you know, I hold retreats and my retreats encompass, you know, holding space for women. So I do guidance work. I do breath work workshops. Mostly it's on a wellness scope that is bringing more calm and connection to our own bodies and breathing more ease, easefully through life. And I do that with in different settings, whether it be Zoom chats with people who are having blocks in their life. Whether it's in person with women's circle, whether it's at a retreat, whether it's a yoga class, whether I do little things on here with women and men to, you know, love on their skin and their face because we're all aging and this is the only body we have. So my focus is breathing with ease and loving the skin we're in and any tools and practices I can bring to people to do that.
0: That's what I do. I love it. We all need more people like you in our lives. Well, thank you so much for taking time. And I look forward to your future posts and keep us posted on your perimenopausal shift into menopause. (laughs) Yes. Happy menopausing together. (laughs) It's crazy that that is really, yeah, what's happening. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Well, I never thought I'd be talking about menopause with the world, but this is the real life diabetes podcast. Thank you, Azure, for sharing your perimenopausal journey with me. Before I wrap up, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, my latest project, The Diabetes Way is live. And for people like you and those touched by diabetes, check out thediabetesway.com to learn more. Number two, don't forget to visit my resources and affiliate page for killer discounts. If you'd like to join this list of reputable brands, just hit us up at Penelope at Number three, I know you're listening. Thank you. So be kind and throw a little change my way funds raised help keep the website podcast and advocacy efforts afloat all you have to do is click on the donate link in the show notes and finally i'm here for my diet peeps and the medical community so feel free to contact me on any social media platform or directly at amber at diabetes your continued support and love help keep the episodes coming cheers to the highs and lows everyone